This is the Brighter Web Podcast, insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. I'm Robert. Hey, and I'm Mickey. Good to be here, Robert. Welcome. This yeah. is another episode, and this episode, we're talking about goals. Yeah, and this is, this is a good one, because goals can be tough. It's something, personally, I struggle with from time to time, is setting proper goals. So we'll kind of talk through really what that looks like and how the goals can lead to proving ROI and lots of lots of great things. So. Yes, and my plan is to release this sometime right at the end of 2022, so you've got some time uh, to maybe plan some goals at the beginning of 2023, although... The beginning of the year is not the only time to plan goals. That's yep. an important thing to keep in mind, but it, it is a good time to kind of refresh and think about what you want to do over the next 12 months. Yep, that's something I try to do as well. If I have a new goal for myself, it's easy to say, well, I'll just keep slacking off for two more weeks until January 1st or whatever, but no, you can start today. So, you know, why not? That's right. Any, any day could be January 1st yep. in your mind. <laughs> exactly. So, well said. so, okay. So one of the reasons why we set goals and we could probably have an entire podcast conversation just about that, but uh, is to prove, I guess, the value of doing something, right? So return on investment is an important piece of the marketing puzzle, especially in business. So why is proving that ROI so difficult and why? how is that connected to goal setting? Yeah, it can certainly be very difficult. The, the challenge often is following multiple visits all the way down the funnel. Like for example, if you told me about this great company, I went and checked them out, and then I said, oh, they, they seem kind of cool. I follow them on Facebook and see what they're doing, maybe listen to their podcast, and then a week later, I Google them just to get to the site again, and I sign up. I'll say, great, we got a lead from SEO. Our SEO is killing it. And really, that's not what did it. It was you telling me, but it was also the Facebook, and they had a good podcast, and so many different things like that. Uh, it's like our CPA firm that we use. You know, we saw him speak at a conference once years ago, and then started listening to his podcast, and he had a great podcast, and saw some of his blog posts, and then signed up for a little one-time workshop, and then listened to some more podcasts, and eventually I don't know, Googled and probably signed up, and there's no way he can attribute that to any specific action he took. You know, He can, but it would be wrong, because it's kind of 10% each of 10 different activities, and it's really hard to attribute things properly like that. So what you're ultimately saying is goals around things like blog post views or podcast listens or social media likes can be one thing, but they can sort of be vanity because they're not actually, it's harder to tie those things directly to your bottom line of your business or exactly. how many clients are coming in or how many new purchases of this product we got. Yeah, it's a fine line between, we want to measure everything we can and, sure. and get as, as tight a ROI achievement as, as possible. We also realize sometimes you can't, you have to just learn to be okay with that. And you may have a podcast that gets three listens, but one of those listens is a huge client, you know, becomes a big deal. You may have a podcast that's 100,000 listens, you get two mediocre clients out of it. So listens, more listens are good, more downloads are good, all that stuff's good, but it's hard to really attribute it for sure. And so I think you just get a feel of, hey, we're getting more traction lately because we're doing the right things, like ride the good feelings to some degree too. Track what you can for sure, but you know, don't discount, hey, business is picking up, things are feeling good, you know, let's keep going where we are. Sure. So. In other words, that, that kind of speaks to the point of there's different values to different goals. Different goals can be you know, created I don't know, differently, right, basically. Right, for sure. Um, so what is an effective marketing goal? How do you set a goal that is actually meaningful to your bottom line in your business? Yeah, so I'll go back in time. I think this came out like in the 80s, the idea of SMART goals. And it's an acronym. SMART is Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. So specific meaning a specific goal. I want to get 20% more people to like us on Facebook. It should be measurable, which again is, yeah, can I measure that sort of thing? You know, some, some things you can't measure. Is it achievable? If I said, I wanna get 10 times more people on Facebook, that might not be achievable. You know, you wanna have realistic goals. 
is it relevant? Is getting more people on Facebook really going to make a difference or not? Or is it more just vanity, like you said? Is it really relevant? And is it time bound? So again, if I say I want 20% more people on Facebook, well, cool. And over the next 10 years, you'll probably get that. But really, it should be I want to get 20% more people to follow us on Facebook, you know, in the next six months or something like that. So yeah, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound are good good ways to look at a goal and make sure you've got all the bases covered. And I think any conversation about goals is legally contractually obligated to mention smart goals. Probably so. Yes. I, I think, I mean, it is a very common, and like you said, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. It's a tried and true methodology. And so I imagine many of the people listening to this podcast have probably heard of that, yeah. hopefully, but it's always a good reminder to, to stick to those five kind of different parameters to make sure that, hey, is this actually something that's achievable and, and how, how do I pull this goal off? Right. It's been fun. I've seen different things. There's another one that's smart with two T's. I can't remember what the other T is. <laughs> Michael High has smarter goals, the uh-huh. E and the R or something else. And But I think if you... Most goals miss two or three of the basic smart criteria anyhow. So if you can just kind of cover those bases, sure. you're way ahead of the game already. Yes, so. and you can internalize them so that you can kind of filter out the things without having to necessarily go through each and every different letter. You kind of just become a little bit better at right. intuiting. Yeah, if it's specific if and time-bound, you kind of got a pretty good idea. It's going to be relevant most of the time. So, yeah, it becomes easier over time very correct. quickly. So, correct. Yeah. So, well, that leads us kind of to the next question with, okay, if we know now how to make good marketing goals, what are the goals to stay away from? What's a bad example of a marketing goal? Well, the one I thought of offhand is probably one that most of us have said is increase revenue next year. Like, okay, it's time bound. You got that? And that's really about it. Like increase revenue by what? 1%? By 50%? Like how are you going to do it? What's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things missing there. You need to figure out how much you can increase revenue by. But even that's not a good goal because it's other things that drive revenue. That's the goal to increase revenue you can't just magically do it. It's going to be more marketing, more sales, more training, better systems. Like, what are you actually going to do to achieve that goal? Matters a lot. You know? so, so avoiding vagueness is one of the most vagueness important things. Vagueness is key, right. And it applies to you. Like, if your goal for this year is to lose weight, that's great. But how much weight, by when? And otherwise it becomes, well, I just want to lose some this year so I can kind of eat a little more this month. Than, you know. But if you have a specific goal, I want to lose five pounds in January, like... Okay, you've got a specific and time bound, and you got to get to it. So, yes, specificity can help a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. And in other words, the more time and intentionality you spend in actually setting up a goal that's effective and good, and if you've really thought through it, you're more likely to actually achieve it rather than, hey, let's grow our business. And then for some reason, magically, it did not happen. (laughs) Right, exactly. Sure. Yep. So another question that I don't know if anybody's asking, but I'm going to ask it because it's the tough question, right? Should we set a certain number of goals? Are, are there is there a specific amount of goals that we should set? Is one enough every year? Should we setting a hundred, like, or maybe somewhere in between? What's the right number of goals? Yeah, to that, set? that's tough. I think smaller is better. If I had to pick a number, I'd say like three. Like Ali and I look at like three main goals every quarter. But it's tough to define even what a goal is. Because, like, for example, if your main goal is related to your bottom line revenue, we want to get more you know, profit in the company, that's our goal. Well, to do that, you kind of need more, um, more leads coming in. So, okay, we, our goal is to get more leads. Well, how are you getting more leads? Well, we need to do more outreach. You know, how are we going to do more outreach? Well, we need to, you know, it kind of goals lead to each other. So it can be tricky just sure. to say this is one goal. So goals and tactics almost begin to overlap a little bit. But... Generally speaking, Allie and I have like three goals we go after each quarter and then a list of tactics with each one of how we might achieve that goal. Okay. You know, what are some things to do toward it? So you mentioned that you do that quarterly. 
how often should those goals change? Like if you did not achieve it one quarter, does it carry over? Do you adjust that goal? How do you actually handle those things that <laughs> That's a great on, question, on an yeah. ongoing basis? I mean, generally speaking, yes to both. It rolls over, but it often gets tweaked. Sometimes it gets tweaked, sometimes it doesn't. Like we had a very specific goal um, you know, with our revenue and we didn't quite hit it, but we were getting closer. So our goal now, let's, here's how we're gonna get it this quarter and we just kind of kept at it. Others, yeah, we do adjust a little bit and say, okay, that was way too big of a bite. We, we made great progress this year. We didn't come anywhere close to our goal though, but I'm happy with the progress we made. So let's make a more reasonable one that will have another good increase in, in progress next year and go after that instead. So it, it varies so much. It's hard to, hard to pinpoint that one for sure. So the last piece of this puzzle, once you've actually set a goal, you've got the perfect goal at the beginning of the year, you're ready to go. How do you actually track it and make sure that you're achieving these perfect goals that you've set up? Yep, so three things come to mind there. First is having, especially if it's financial, have a good CPA. You know, for years, Allie and I kind of flew by the seat of our pants here and saw how much money was in the bank and kind of had some rough ideas, but we didn't have the right numbers. You know, people could say, what was your gross profit this quarter? We would have no way to even know what that number was. We just weren't tracking it properly. Sure. So, you know, it's been years and years now, but getting a good CPA that anytime when you pull up our QuickBooks online and see what the numbers are and be able to answer the right questions is a good point to, to start with. Um, and then really it comes down to weekly and quarterly check-ins. So weekly, we have a scorecard we look at just towards some of our goals and toward other metrics. Like, okay, what, is, what did it look like this week? Which doesn't always matter too much in a bigger goal. I mean, weeks come and go, but we can kind of see like, why was last week so bad? Or why was last week so good? And we can kind of get some ideas to keep it on track along the way. And then again, we review every quarter. And that gives us a better picture where the weeks kind of flatten out across a quarter. Say, oh, it did rise, it did fall. We can kind of get an idea of what's going on there and really make sure things are moving in the right direction. The one maybe specific suggestion that I would add to that list, I, I thought that list was great and yeah. comprehensive, but and you, you mentioned Michael Hyatt mm -hmm. at some point in this conversation. Yeah. Um, he Many has conversations. A, yes, yeah. When he's, <laughs> he's in general a good productivity and goals guy for to sure. look for. So a lot of resources there, but one specifically is the Full Focus Planner. Yep. Um, and we may have mentioned that on previous uh, episodes of this podcast. It's, it's a tool that I've used in the past. I believe I've used it a couple times. Well. Yeah, it's a, a quarterly planner. I think I've used it for three different quarters over time. Yes. And even now that I'm in different systems, I have most of that in Obsidian for my note taking. I have a lot of lessons from the Full Focus Planner because yeah. it really did shape how I view a quarter and how I view goals and how I track things. And I, I would encourage everyone, even if you're a fully digital person, to go analog for a quarter and, and use the Full Focus Planner because it'll just kind of shape how you view how to attack things. Absolutely, know? and that's that's my exact experience as well. Is it's a nice physical you know book that you're actually writing things down in, but even just the system that they use to how, what things you're setting every day and your to-do list and you know your quarterly overview and all of yep. those pieces. I mean, they've poured a lot of time and energy into setting that up in the right way and keeping you focused. So you have a very productive quarter and hopefully year and even yep. beyond that. So yeah, I think they're fullfocusplanner.com, but we'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely, yeah, so we'll we will that do there. that. Awesome. So if you have been, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes at abrighterweb.com.